This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. I'm Latasha. I'm your host. And I took a little bit of a hiatus last week. I was actually traveling. I went to Montreal with one of my friends, Ryan, and uh, honestly, was just going through a lot. It's been one of those... I don't know, months or past couple of weeks. It's just been like a lot lately. And I know a lot of people are going through a bunch of stuff just in life. So sending all of my best vibes to everybody. But I thought it was important for me to take the week off and just kind of, you know, have a good time, wrap up some things that I needed to work on and, you know, you, you know how it goes. So anyway, I'm back and I thought to hop back into the season I would kind of continue it the way that I started it and do a Q&A. So I asked you guys to ask me questions. Uh, make sure to follow me on Instagram. That's usually where I ask for questions. I'm at a journey east underscore. And I got a bunch of questions, so I'm going to answer them on today's episode. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James, and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh-so-rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. So a couple of things before we hop into the questions. First, I apologize if the sound quality of this episode, as I say that a loud car just drives by, I apologize if the quality of the sound quality of this episode is not quite what it has been this season. Um, I have been dealing with some interesting problems with my apartment that I don't even want to get into right now. So I don't have my normal studio, which is actually a closet available to me right now. So yeah please deal. I'm also recording late at night. So there's like lots of cars driving by. Um, and also I had a couple of little announcements before I got into the questions. So if you guys watch my YouTube videos, you have probably heard both of these before. So you might want to skip forward like a minute or two to get into the questions. But I want to let you guys know that, um, my course relaunch is happening within the next very soon. Um, I know I've said that so many, 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 many times. I know, but um, I am actually opening it up to affiliates. So this is something new that I'm trying. And, uh, you know, for those of you who've already taken one or more of my courses, I invite you to apply. It's just basically an affiliate link that you'll get and you'll get 10% of every sale that comes through your link if you're interested in helping share the course. So uh, there is an application process just because I wanna make sure that people who are really interested in it, um, you know, are doing it, but it's a cool thing that I realized I have the capability to do. And I thought that I would open it up to some of you guys who are my podcast listeners and who are in my Facebook group. So there will be a link in the show notes if you're interested in sharing. And if you're not, just uh, stay tuned for the relaunch. It'll be happening in the next month or so. So very excited about that. And then I also wanted to let you know that I am doing a little soft launch of some merchandise. 
So I got a ton of questions um, in a recent photo that I posted on Instagram stories about my, my sweatshirt. It's an internet kid sweatshirt is what it says on it. And it is actually something that I'm testing. I wasn't going to launch my merchandise until I had like the full line complete, but I got so many questions about it. And so I figured I would share the link and do sort of a soft launch. So if you wanna get it before anybody else does, I'm really, really excited. I never thought that I would be doing merchandise, but then again, I never thought I'd be doing a podcast or really any of the things that I'm doing in my life. Um, I just think it's a cute sweatshirt. And if you missed the video, I talked about it a little bit, but basically the meaning of the internet kid sweatshirt is just, I don't know, we grew up with the internet, like a lot of us did. And I think that it goes so much deeper than just being, you know, a way to run a business or just something that's fun or interesting. Like I think that the internet gets a bad rap sometimes and social media gets a bad rap sometimes. And I wanted to create some merchandise that you guys could love and be like proud of being a part of this, you know, family of internet kids. The internet has done so much for me from, you know, finding other weird kids who liked the same like odd, strange music as I did to finding out, you know, how to deal with my anxiety and depression when I was a teenager. I know, you know, some of my, so many of my friends who are in the LGBTQ community found, you know, people who are like them and, and felt less alone from the internet. And, you know, I could go on and on and on. So I just think that the internet's so powerful and I think it's a community that we should be proud of. So that's why I created the line. There's mugs and sweatshirts available so far. So that link will be in the show notes as well. All right. So these questions range from obviously social media and freelance to a little bit of personal stuff actually this time. I was surprised to actually get some personal questions. I'm going to leave those ones to the end. So for now, let's hop into the freelancing and social media questions. Okay, so first question, is it easier to get a following slash engagement on YouTube instead of Instagram? thought this was an interesting question. Um, the short answer is not necessarily. I think it just depends. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I noticed from doing the podcast and doing these videos is, you know, I get a lot of people asking me for questions and advice, like asking almost for like, and I'm not saying that this person was asking this, but you know, I get a lot of people asking me almost for like a, you know, a get rich quick scheme or like a secret or a hack to these platforms. And the truth is there isn't one. It's really all about doing what works for you and finding what you like to do and what makes sense for you and your brand. So um, for me personally, YouTube has been a little bit easier to grow for a few reasons. Uh, you know, I think I'm just more interesting on video than I am on, on picture. I don't think I photograph particularly well. I don't like taking photos, especially of myself, which are always the ones that perform the highest. I actually hate taking selfies. It's like, I have like a phobia of it. Like I hate it so much. Um, I you know, I don't know. It's just, I don't think it's really where I'm the strongest. Whereas I feel like I'm able to get my personality across so much easier on YouTube. I was trained in video. I went to school for video. So it's kind of like second nature editing for me. Um, I feel like I live a pretty boring life for the most part, but I think that I'm able to pull out the interesting highlights nicely and package them together. And you know, it, it really just depends on what you're comfortable with and what makes sense for you. So um, I don't think either of those platforms are necessarily like easier or harder. They both have their quirks. For me personally, again, like I know what I need to do to grow my Instagram. It's just not really a super high priority for me. Uh, I am trying to grow it a little bit here and there. You know, I always call it out in my videos and on my podcast, ask you guys to follow me just because it's a good communication tool. But I know that I should be commenting on a lot more posts. I know that I should be following more people. I know I should be posting more selfies and more, you know, nicely 
taking photographs and doing more shoots with local photographers. I know all that stuff. I just don't want to. Um, and then, you know, for YouTube, I think, uh, obviously there are things I could do to grow it, but I think my major thing that has worked for me and worked in my favor over these many years is just that I've been consistent. And, you know, I think a lot of people get on YouTube and they give up and, I'll be honest with you, it was a slow climb for me. I mean, especially like the first year or two was slower than molasses. <laughs> um, so if I would have quit, you know, you know, the thing is, even when, it, when my growth was super slow, I was still consistent. I was still publishing videos at least like every other week, but usually like more like once a week. And if I would have given up because I wasn't growing right away, I would not be here. I wouldn't have this podcast. I wouldn't be you know, have a successful course. I wouldn't be launching merchandise. I wouldn't be having clients. Like it's all like this cycle and like this domino effect and you just have to keep going with it. So that was a very long answer, but, but the short answer is no, they each have their quirks. So it's really just about finding your strengths and doing what truly makes sense for you. All right, so this one's a great question as well. Does it ever get too much for you? If yes, how do you deal with that? Do you ever go offline for the sake of staying sane? This topic has actually been very heavy on my mind lately. I don't know. The internet can be a lot sometimes. I love the internet. I'm a big defender of the internet, but you know, with everything going on in the world, with just everything going on in my personal life, sometimes it's really, really hard to disconnect. So there's a couple of things that I've been doing for myself to help do that. Um, the, the first answer is yes, it does get too much for me. I'm not a superhuman. Um, how do I deal with it? Um, okay. So I, first of all, communicate with my clients. I set very specific boundaries. And once they cross those boundaries, I try very hard to either get it back on the same path to the right path or, you know, end the relationship. Like I'm kind of past the point in my career, my freelancing career where I'm, you know, here just to please other people. I think for a long time I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, please my clients and and that's it. And I can be picky now. I've worked for quite a long time freelancing. I don't need to take a zillion clients anymore. I don't need to take, you know, everything that every client throws at me. So I'm very selective. And I think that that works both in my client's favor and in my own favor, because I'm truly working on projects that I really want to work on. And the time that I'm spending with my clients is time that I'm fully there, fully available, not like trying to juggle a million things and like don't have any sleep and stressed out and hating everything. So that is one thing. Um, Boundaries are big. I actually recently just revamped kind of like my welcome packet. And this is something that I am including in the new course, um, just like an example of what you should include or what I recommend including in like a welcome packet, client welcome, um, you know, paperwork and all that. I actually just recently revamped mine to include like every single detail about what times of day I'm available, what my response time is, um, all of that stuff. It's super important to do so, whether it's, you know, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. or 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., like whatever time you're available, make sure they know. People generally don't get mad if you set the expectation from the outset, but they're gonna get upset if you tell them, oh, I'm available all day, every day, and then you're like, wait, this is too much for me. And I've been there. I'm Again, I'm not perfect. I've been there, I've been there recently. Um, so yeah, that is something, setting expectations, hiring people, you know, outsourcing people, um, even if it's just a friend, a trusted friend who can watch your accounts if you go out of town. Whenever I go out of town, I have people who I trust 
to be on call basically for my clients like if something goes wrong or they need something immediately and just to check in on accounts and make sure things are publishing right and all of that so that way I don't have to be on my phone 24 7 um and yeah I mean also another thing that I've been doing is unfollowing a lot of people this sounds a little bit mean um it is nice Instagram has the mute feature now so if it gets too much for you but there's somebody who's like your friend and you don't want to offend them by unfollowing you can just mute them but yeah, actually, I'm, I still need, have a long way to go because I'm still following 950 people on Instagram, but I was at like 1,000. I was like, this needs to end. So I have been unfollowing a lot of people on Twitter too and just Facebook everywhere because it just gets me so much. Like if somebody's posting nothing but negativity or or even if, sometimes it's not that deep and it's, it's no offense to the person at all. I can like the person, respect the person, whatever. But like if I'm just not connecting with their content or... You know, it's just like they post too much. Sometimes that can just be overwhelming. So I've been not afraid to unfollow lately and it's been helping a lot. So um, do I ever get offline for the sake of staying, <laughs> tongue twister, for the sake of staying, oh my gosh, why can I not say this? For the sake of staying sane. Um, yeah, like I said, I have people on my team who can watch accounts for me. Um, but it is, I mean, you know, social media is, for the most part, it's a 24-7 job. Maybe not 24-7, but, you know, you kind of do have to be available for the most part. Um, and that is something that I'm still working through. Okay, how would you go about hiring a virtual assistant to help you scale your social media agency? And then I also got a question, what's your step process for outsourcing? I'm a first-timer. So I know I've answered these questions before, so I'm going to be really quick with it. I really have only outsourced for the most part on Upwork. Upwork is a great resource to kind of get your feet wet with outsourcing. And uh, it's pretty self-explanatory, so you can go on their website and check that out. I also outsource, um, have outsourced with my friends, businesses, you know, people I've already known. So I, I, again, don't really have a ton of advice for like finding people. I do do quite a bit of poking and prodding just like through Facebook groups and online and everything. But I actually haven't fully um, outsource anyone besides somebody who I already knew or through Upwork. So I hope that's helpful. I've never hired a virtual assistant. That is something that maybe in the next year or so I might consider. I like go in phases between feeling like I really need a virtual assistant to feeling like I would have nothing for them to do. So I don't really know. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. And then this is the last like social media and business question. How do you deal with the Instagram stories for clients, especially ones that have one seven days a week? Do you have certain rules for Insta stories for clients, i.e. only posting during nine to five, et cetera? So um, Instagram stories are a little bit complex for clients and it is something that I'm still working through the process myself, to be honest, but really I just use Google Drive to transfer files and things like that. And um, seven, I don't have any clients that do them seven days a week right now. I have before. And um, one thing I'll say about that is just make sure that it's written into your contract. You know, don't like, I, I think a lot of us forget, and even I still, when I'm having social media discussions with clients, I'll sometimes forget about stories. And I'm like, oh shoot, they've asked me like, oh wait, so does three posts a week or five posts a week or whatever, does that include Instagram stories? So you have to really specify what they're getting so you're not surprised when they're like asking for Instagram stories. So that's one thing, batch your content. I'm all about batching content. Every piece of content that I can batch, I do. And what I mean by that is, you know, instead of doing a story every single day, 
I will, you know, on Sunday night or Monday night or whatever, I will just get all of the stories for the week ready. And it is a little bit challenging because you guys know you can only do like the past 24 hours or something. For some, I noticed some small accounts can only do um, pull content from the past 24 hours. My account, I can do whatever. It's like kind of weird. So I know it can be a little challenging. So I use the screen record feature on iPhone sometimes. Um, get creative with just transferring the content and re-downloading it if you need to. But for the most part, it's pretty easy to like plan things out. And then it's really just about publishing. Now I know that there are um, tools out there that let you publish Instagram stories, like schedule them. They're expensive. I think the most affordable one, I want to say it's like $50 a month or something, which actually is not really that expensive. So if you have many, many clients that would need it, totally makes sense. Or, you know, it just doesn't, it's not something that I need right now. So I do everything natively. I actually, I, I don't know. I'm one of those weird people who likes to do everything natively just because I do tend to see better engagement. I don't know if it's all in my head, if I'm making it up or what. But I also think it's just nice to be closer to the accounts so that you're actually getting into their accounts every single day because it just reminds me to like do engagement, you know, outbound engagement for them, check their inboxes, all that stuff. Um, I think when you schedule things or when I schedule things, it's easier for me to kind of forget and then be like, oh shoot, it's been two days since I checked the inbox. That's bad. So yes, I just post everything natively. And what I do usually is I just set a, um, an alert on my calendar, like just five minutes before or whatever, just to remind myself to post it. And that works pretty well. So yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of how I work it. Sorry about the beeping garbage truck. I can hear it. I hope you guys can't hear it, but, uh, yeah, it happens. Okay, so these next questions are a little bit more on the personal side, which I've never really done on the podcast. So um, hopefully somebody's still listening and finds this interesting. I don't really know, but I got a few personal questions. So first one is, could you ever see yourself living anywhere else? This is a great question. Um, so I think it's no secret. <laughs> I go to Canada a lot. I love Canada. It's like the place where I feel <laughs> the most at home besides here. Um, so I love Toronto. I love Montreal. Um, I, those are really all the only cities I've been in Canada, actually, in Windsor, which is like, you know, right across the street from Detroit. I love them all. Actually, we were just talking about, like, what if one of us got a job in Windsor or something? Like, would we move there? I'm like, heck yeah, I would. Actually, I know Windsor isn't like a destination in Canada necessarily, but I like it because it's close enough to like our friends and family. Um, it's a smaller town. I like it. I think it's cute. So I would live there. Um, but really, I would love to live in Toronto. I would totally live in Montreal. Um, I just love Canada. I do. I love Canada. I love it because it feels like home, but it just feels a little bit different. And uh, I don't know. I've, I just have a lot. I've never really had like a terrible experience in Canada. I'd love to travel more. Like I'd love to travel to the west coast of Canada and all of that. I've also always seen myself living abroad, even just for like a year or two. I would be so open to that idea. Norris and I went to Paris in April and I just like have never felt more drawn to a place in my life. I wake up every weekend. I'm not even kidding. Every single weekend, Norris and I will be like, oh, like, do you want to grab a coffee somewhere? Saturday morning, I just get emotionally triggered back to Paris and like thinking of like going to a cafe and like getting a baguette. And I just, I have never felt more connected to a place in my life. It's, I feel like that's where I belong. <laughs> so I would absolutely move to Paris. Um, whether it was just for a year or something, or maybe when I retire, I'm not really sure. I don't have any plans to do this. This isn't like something that I'm 
you know, baking out in my head and really planning, but I would absolutely take the opportunity if something came up. Um, yeah, so I would love to go there. I love Francophone countries. Like, I love the sound of French. I know a bit of French, not very much. You guys will see, I'm actually publishing a Montreal vlog tomorrow on Saturday. You guys will see how terrible my French is, so it's not very good, but I can understand it pretty well, so I think I would be able to make it in Paris. Um, as far as living in the U.S., I've thought about this so many times, and, like, honestly, I think if I'm going to move again, I think I'm, I'm going to have to do a big move, um, and I don't plan on it. So if I do move anywhere in the U.S., by my by choice you know obviously if Norris got a job somewhere or like you know something happened down the line with our lives and I kind of like had to then it's whatever but if I chose to I think like I said I would either move abroad to Europe or to Canada or I would move somewhere kind of far like LA um yeah probably west coast southern California I do I could see myself again giving that one a shot for like a year or two but I don't see myself like living there forever Next question, top five albums of all time. <laughs> hmm. So I like to answer these questions kind of off the top of my head. So I really didn't think about this one very much. And I know that I'm going to regret every time I get a question like this, I instantly, like as soon as I press publish, regret what I said. I love music so, so much. I don't know if you guys know that about me, but I'm hugely passionate about music. And there's actually two music questions on here. So that's cool. The first one that I always say is Bright Eyes, Casadega. Um, yeah just my favorite album of all time for sure it's so good I love it I can listen to it you know front to back a million times over next one I would probably say is Death Cab for Cutie we have the facts and we're voting yes that's another one that like I you know I discovered in my teens I guess and just I can listen to that entire album any day of the week still as an adult I love it so much it's so good Another one that I really loved when I was younger and, again, still absolutely could listen to every song is AFI's Sing the Sorrow. And then, I don't know. Um, I guess these are, like, all albums from when I was younger when I'm thinking about it. Uh, System of a Down, Toxicity is another one that... It's one that I always forget how much I love. I actually just kind of, like, got on a kick of it again maybe in the past couple months. I, like started listening to it and I was like oh my gosh this album is so so good and I always forget about it and then I like forget that I know all the words and then I realize I remember all the words and I'm like oh my gosh this is so I don't know you know you know I just think it's a really really well well made album and it really changed my life honestly and then I guess the last one I would say is Nako and Medicine for the People's um, Dark as Night I don't listen to a ton of Nako anymore um, but that album really did like open my eyes to a lot of things and it really did open the door to a lot of other artists that I listened to and it's just a great album honestly again I'm gonna regret honestly like regret my answers <laughs> as soon as I end this podcast but that's just those are just the top five that came to mind definitely number one is Casadega by Bright Eyes but the other ones could be mixed around a little bit I think what is the last album you listened to and loved? <laughs> so I have been actually, I can't just choose one. I have to tell you about all three <laughs> because I just have to. Um, so the first one has been Marin Morris, Hero. I can't stop with that album. I, okay, so this is a weird fact, but Marin Morris's husband, Ryan Hurd, is from my hometown, Kalamazoo, Michigan. And so I saw her on an awards show 
And I was like, oh, she's cute. Like, whatever. And she, I think she performed some tribute song. So it wasn't her own song. It was for some somebody else. I can't remember who it was now. Um, and I was like, oh, she, she's got a good voice. Like, you know, let me follow her. So I followed her on Twitter. And then I realized her husband was from my hometown. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to, I love her. I need to, like, whatever, pay attention to their lives. <laughs> Maybe I'll see them sometime at, in my hometown. But I honestly just never listened to her own albums. I'm weird about listening to new albums. I have to be in, like, the right setting and all that. So long story short finally listened to it on the flight back from flight two and from Montreal and I am like obsessed you guys she is so good she's so talented um I love country music my my grandma played country music my grandpa played country music growing up and uh I've I've always loved country so much I think it's like the only type of music that I can sing (laughs) I just think it's so um I just love it her album's so good so I've been listening to that non-freaking stop it's amazing I also, on the flight back from Montreal, listened to Eminem's new album, Kamikaze, which I got to represent because, you know, I live in Detroit and yeah, it's great. I'm not going to lie to you. It's great. I'm not a huge rap fan. I was never a huge Eminem fan. I think he's done a lot of things that I don't really like or appreciate, but I got to give credit where credit's due. It's a good freaking album. It was good. I mean, I was taking notes. I was on the plane in my notes app. I was almost going to... to create a whole podcast about music after listening to the album. I was like, I wanted to, de- like, I just want to dissect this album and talk about it. And that's something that is kind of like on my bucket list that I do want to do, but I just don't have time for. So anyway, and then the last one that I've been listening to a ton lately is another one that is um, kind of unexpected for me. <laughs> it's a Lil Uzi Vert's album, Love is Rage 2 which again is an older album and I just never got around to listening to it. I loved that like EXO tour life song, All My Friends Are Dead. You guys know the song. Um, but I just never listened to the whole record and I finally did and it's actually quite good. It's quite good, um, can't lie. So yeah, I have a very diverse musical taste but those are the ones that I've been listening to lately. Not the norm, definitely not Eminem and, and Uzi, not, not the norm for me, but I've been loving them. Okay, and then the last question, that's a personal question that I'm going to answer today, is what are your top five favorite films? So I always say my number one is Lost in Translation. I would say my number two is probably Pieces of April. It's a great film. I watch it every single Thanksgiving. Katie Holmes is in it, and it's like this little independent film. And uh, it's about this girl who lives in New York City. She's uh, hosting Thanksgiving for her family, and she's like this misfit, and you know, uh, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I just love it so freaking much. Um, Clueless is a classic. Uh, I love that movie. Rec Room for a Dream is a movie that I think I've only watched twice, but I just think it's just such a cinematic great. And Vanilla Sky is another one that I really love. But again, top fives are always so hard because I like already regret not saying other things. But those are just the ones that come to the top of my head. I love a lot of classic films too, like um, Roman Holiday and uh, How to Marry a Millionaire. But I don't know if I'd say they're a favorite. Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. I don't know. I went to school for film, if you didn't know that. So that's a really hard question for me to answer, to be honest. So that's it for the Q&A today. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, Hope you guys didn't mind that I threw in the personal questions, but they were asked, so I didn't want to just ignore them. Like I said, I will be publishing my Montreal vlog tomorrow, Saturday, the um, 8th, I think it is. So make sure to check that out on my YouTube channel, ajourneyeast.tv. And you can also check out my merchandise drop at the uh, link in the show notes. 
And if you'd like to apply to be an affiliate for my course relaunch, you can do that at the link in the show notes as well. So thanks so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with a new episode, a normal episode. Uh, Next week I'll be back and I'll be back with an interview the week after that. So thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you then. Bye. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help, and you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.